Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Herald-Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we are going to review Kentucky's 66-59 loss to Auburn. Uh, That happened a little earlier today. We are taping on Saturday night. Uh, We moved up our taping schedule a little bit for this particular podcast. And my guest, though, is my usual weekend guest, Mark Story, my fellow sports columnist at the Herald-Leader. We'll talk about the Kentucky Auburn basketball game. UK dropped to three and two in the SEC. Auburn improved to two and four. We'll dissect that game as the Cats just a week ago. We thought Kentucky had everything figured out after an impressive win over Florida. Now they've gone 0 and 2 this past week, and it looks like they're kind of back to square one, uh, John Calipari's team. We'll talk about that. We'll look at the schedule ahead for basketball. We also talked about uh, Wandale Robinson, the former Western Hills star. who spent his first two college years at Nebraska. He announced this week that he is transferring to Kentucky. We'll talk about his impact, uh, what, how we see that impacts the U.K. football program. After that, you will hear from John Calipari, his press conference uh, after the game uh, down at Auburn earlier today. Day. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it first with Mark's story of the Herald Leader. After Mark, you'll hear John Calipari's press conference after Kentucky's loss today at Auburn. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is my colleague, fellow Herald Leader sports columnist, Mark Story. How's it going tonight, Mark? It's going fine, John. Uh, we're, we made a little audible. We are taping this uh, on Saturday night after Kentucky's basketball game. Uh, for a selfish reason, I want to watch the Browns tomorrow when the uh, when we usually tape this. So we've moved it up a little bit. I appreciate Mark uh, changing his schedule to do that. Uh, another tough loss for Kentucky today, 66-59 to Auburn. Another game where UK had a hard time putting the ball in the basket. Uh, drop them. Cats are now four and eight overall, three and two in the SEC. Mark, what were your thoughts on the game today? Well, it was uh, my eyes hurt watching it, especially <laughs> the first half. I mean, oh, yeah. it, was, it was just bad basketball. And you know, Kentucky. I thought, you know, I thought they did play hard. I thought they competed, and I thought defensively they played really well. And I was really impressed with the way they guarded Sharif Cooper, who had just been tearing people up. Right. Since he became eligible, and that in a way just makes it all the more frustrating that you know they you know played hard and had a really good defensive plan that was basically pretty well executed, and they still you know they 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 lost anyway. Yeah, yeah, they did a really good job on Cooper, especially in the first half. Shreve Cooper, Auburn's freshman point guard, who just became eligible a couple of games ago. Um, he's a very uh, he's an excellent player. The first two games, he had. Average twenty-seven points and twelve, twelve and a half assists. I believe, no, ten and a half assists. I'm sorry. He had twelve assists against Georgia in their uh, win uh, at Georgia the other night. Yeah, they contained him. Auburn was very cold starting. I think they were one of fifteen from the field, uh, but Kentucky really couldn't take advantage of it. Like uh, John Calipari said after the game, he, th- he said we should have been up big at halftime. I couldn't believe we were not up big at halftime. And one of my takeaways, I said they they basically lost the game in the first half because they should have had a sizable lead at halftime. But again, they just cannot seem to get it going offensively. Yeah, they really struggle. You know, it's interesting. I remember watching the virtual, the television broadcast of the virtual Big Blue Madness. Mm -hmm. And I believe Jimmy Dykes was, they were just talking about the Kentucky season. He was running down. One of his concerns was, was that they were awfully skinny, that they were yeah. just, you know, they didn't have much bulk, much muscle on the roster. 
And man, they they so struggle to to score around the basket. Yeah. I mean, they get the ball in deep, and they they don't they don't hit shots. And you know, when you also turn it over a lot and are not a good outside shooting team, <laughs> that's a really bad combination. Yeah, that's a that's a recipe for failure right there. But no, it's a very good point about shots around the basket. Uh, to me, and that's one of the things I think with Brandon Boston. Boston struggled again. He was two for nine from the field. You know, it seems you know he's not hitting his he outside shots. He hit a couple today, uh, but he seems to you know drive it to the basket. But he just doesn't have the strength, uh, you know, in traffic. I saw I think it was last game. Chris Fisher, uh, who you know covers Kentucky, writes about Kentucky for the Cats Paws and for Two Four Seven Sports. He said he's just not strong enough to complete those drives. Yet he keeps trying to do it, and he did that two or three times today. Yeah, Calipari was interesting on his post-game Zoom call was sort of calling on BJ to to drive to get fouled, yeah. not to shy away from contract to just you know take it in there and, and draw the contact. But yeah, but but you know it's not just him. A lot of those their post players, even Olivier Saar, who's a fourth-year right. player, they just really seem to you know they really struggle against contact. Right. And, and it's it's um, you know I don't. A, a lot of the complaining about the offense, I understand, and you know, I'm somewhat sympathetic to the thought that they probably need to prioritize outside shooting a little more in their recruiting. And you know, but all that stuff is long term. In terms of the right. short term fixes, you know, what do you do to fix it this year? And it's a uh, they're they're running out of time. Right. Yeah, the clock is ticking. Uh, what about Dante Allen? Played 15 minutes, I think, in the first half. Scored. Uh, what do you have? Eight points at the half. Uh, only played eight minutes in the second half. Of course, on my Twitter feed, I'm sure on your Twitter feed, uh, you know, what, why isn't he playing Dante? Where's Dante? Cal was asked about that after the game. He said that they ran a couple of plays for Dante and he didn't take the shot. So I took him out because he's out there to shoot. He also sort of alluded towards the end of his Zoom call that they, Auburn was going at uh, Dante defensively. What about the whole, as the, the continuing saga of Cal and Dante Allen? Well, you know, I was looking at the stats at halftime, and Dante Allen, whatever, you know, if you attach significance to the plus-minus, he was leading Kentucky. Kentucky was plus 10 with him on the court, which, you know, I thought was kind of interesting. You know, he had eight points, and, you know, he and Jacob Toppin had been the only two guys who had played well. Toppin had eight points, I think, and five rebounds at halftime, and Dante had eight. And, and they didn't start the second half. And, right. you know, and, you know, I, I understand why the fans question that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty obvious question. Yeah. <laughs> when you got a team that can't shoot, they can't score. And Dante has proven to be their best shooter. Uh, yeah. Whether you not work him in the more, I think at heart, Cal is more of a defensive coach than offense. He wants guys who can play defense, but this team struggles so often, so much on offense. And I'm not one who likes to harp on because as you and I have both said on this podcast, we're not a practice every day. We don't know what goes on every day, but when you look at this team, it's just so limited offensively. And he's the one guy who has shown that he can score points it is it's a head scratcher why he's not getting some more time. Yeah, I think they're at the point where they need to look for ways to to have instead of they need to look for ways to have him in the game. Yeah. But my impression has always been that just the whole defense and just the the man to man that it's more than just you know you know his his 
get, win games philosophy, it sort of gets into you know, kind of, you know, he sees the the willingness to, you know, sort of play man-to-man defense and, and do your part as sort of it signals your commitment to the team. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's such a big part of, you know, his philosophy that, you know, I think you're right. I think almost all his decisions start on that end of the court. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame coach. It's worked for him, but for, but for this, for this particular team, he just has not been able to get that right mix or right, uh, you know, group of players. And I'm like you, I thought they played hard. I know Cal harped in a zoom about, you know, they didn't get 50, 50 balls. You know, they still they need to be tougher. And he called Mano, a um, Mano situations. And I see what he's saying, but I think they kind of put themselves in that position by just not being able to score on the offensive end. Yeah, and the other thing is I think it also goes back to what we talked about with physical strength. Uh-huh. A lot of times they just get, you know, pushed Push out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of the thing, like you said, and I think you're right. I mean, Cal said he wants Boston to drive and get fouls. But it, but to me, it looks like if you are not taking the ball hard to the basket, if you're going kind of weak to the basket, you're not going to get the foul. You got to take it with hard and with force and aggressiveness to pick up the foul. And I don't think you know, B, I don't think BJ at this point in his career, you know, is doing that. Um, Sar again, would he get five shots? He was three for five, but he only got five shots. Is are they not getting in the ball, or is he just not getting aggressive? Is he not being aggressive enough? Well, he only played 15 minutes, so oh, it's, hard right? to get, it's, hard to get, it's hard to get shots from the bench. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Was he in foul trouble? I don't remember him being in no, foul trouble. No, he really wasn't. I just think, you know, Cal said in his Zoom conference that he was substituting off, you know, guys mm-hmm. not getting to loose balls and stuff. And I get the feeling that Lance Ware maybe uh, is a little better at the, the, those kind of plays than Olivier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else about any of the players before we kind of look ahead at their schedule? Uh, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> you know, Keon Brooks had eight, eight and six and fouled out in 28 minutes. I thought they might try to run a little more offense through him just mm-hmm. because I think he's a good passer and maybe he could help them with some of the ball handling problems. But I mean, the, the one thing, the turnovers, I mean, yeah. when you when you don't shoot it well and then you're turning it over too, right. I mean, that, that that's a hard thing to overcome. Yeah, it's seven assists and 18 turnovers, I think. So, And we've seen a lot of those games. You know, and it's funny because just a, it was just a week ago they played so well against Florida, had, I think, 18 assists in that game, uh, you know, shared the ball really well, sh- you know, shot the ball well, especially by their standards. You know, they look so good. And then here they lo- turn around lose by 20 at home to Alabama. And, uh, you know, have another game where I think even, you know, give credit to Auburn. They won the game, but they were certainly beatable today if Kentucky, especially in the first half, could have scored. Uh, You know, it just it seems like this team has reverted after winning their first three SEC games. Yeah, stop me if you've heard me say this before on this podcast. But man, I don't think Auburn's very good. Well, we seem to say that about a lot of SEC teams. Yeah, I've, 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 they're they're okay. They're certainly nowhere near what Bruce Pearl's had the last you know two or three years. They're a young team. Cooper, of course, just got eligible. But yeah, I don't uh, I don't think they're anywhere near. They're nowhere near, especially that team that beat Kentucky in the in the Elite Eight a couple of years ago. Uh, so yeah, uh, well, let's talk a little bit about their schedule coming up. 
you know, here they are. They're three and two in the SEC, four and eight overall. The clock is ticking, and they've got a tough stretch coming up. I know they go to Georgia on Wednesday. Georgia got their first SEC win today, uh, but after that, it's pretty tough sledding. Well, I think we're at the point now where we're going to know what this season is because their their hopes for an NCAA tournament at large bid, I think, rest on how they do in these next four games. They go to Georgia, a game they pretty much have to win, and then you have uh, LSU, a return game with Alabama, and then Texas. And those latter three are ranked. You know, Kentucky only has five opponents left that are ranked presently ranked in the top 25 of the NCAA net rankings. And when you're a team that has no marquee wins, I mean, you've got to beat some of these teams. You probably have to beat at least four of them, win at least four of these games to have any hope at an at-large bid. So I think within the next two weeks, we're going to know whether Kentucky is playing for an at-large bid or whether it's all, you know, resting on the SEC tournament, if in fact there is an SEC tournament. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, they don't get Tennessee until later on in February, and those are two opportunities for them. Tennessee's ranked 10th going into uh, 10th this week. But but as you say, if they don't do well uh, in these next four games, it may not matter what they do against Tennessee. The hole may be too big. Yeah, they're. I mean, they literally have nothing on their resume at this point. So right. they've got to. I mean, you know, th- these these games coming up in, in the next two weeks are chances to you know to, to to build a resume and also maybe to flip the narrative a little bit. Right. The, the, besides the fact they keep losing, just the national narrative about them is just so negative that you know there's right. just they they you know they've got to change it and there's not that many chances to do it in a way that would really resonate. But these you know the, you know, the three games after Georgia are are chances to do that. Yeah. Okay. Anything else about basketball before we talk about a happier subject? Uh, I keep thinking that they'll they'll get better, and it seemed like they were when they started three and zero and played really well at Florida. But I was not expecting them to regress as much as they no. did this week. No, I mean I wasn't shocked that they lost to Alabama, uh, but the way they lost, I mean Alabama's playing well, and I, I think you know I think they've got a good team, but to lose the way they did, and then today just to start so poorly and just to have you know the same problems over and over again. Uh, without him being, you know, it, it just doesn't seem like for whatever reason Cal is able to get it fixed on the offensive end. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about the the foot the football the good football news this week. Uh, Wandale Robinson, who um, originally committed to Kentucky, then ended up going to Nebraska, spent his first two years in Nebraska, put himself in the transfer portal, and into the surprise of hardly anyone around here, announced this week that he is coming to Kentucky. He's gonna, and going to play for Mark Stoops. What what uh, what's the significance of that? How big is that for this Kentucky program? Well, I think it's pretty big. I'm sure regular listeners of the uh, podcast would recall after the Kentucky football offense would struggle, and I, that I would frequently lament how big a recruiting loss Wandale Robinson had been because he's exactly what Kentucky lacks, like a dynamic playmaker, a guy that can you know make play, make guy, make defenders miss. And you know, I don't know that he's a burner. He's not a guy that's going to take the top off defenses, but he is a guy who can you know make big plays, make defenders miss. And, you know, it was, you know, it, 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 it's hard, I think, to overestimate just what a boon it is to get him back. You know, a guy that has been arguably Nebraska's best offensive player and that, you know, to, to insert him into an offense that, you know, sorely lacked playmaking. I mean, it's about as good a news. I mean, 
you know, other than losing Jamin Davis, the UK football offseason has gone about as well as it could go. Yeah, right. Getting uh, Darian Kennard announced he's coming back. Chris Rodriguez announced he's coming back. Yeah, I think losing Jamin Davis, obviously, yeah, that was tough news to hear if you're Mark Stoops, although I'm sure, you know, obviously you wish him well. How much do you think the fact that, uh, of course, we don't know this without talking to Rob, and we haven't got, had a chance to talk to him yet, uh, of Liam Cohen coming in from with the NFL influence, uh, somebody who's going to try, well, we think anyway, is going to try to make best use of what playmakers they do have, especially their receivers. How much do you think that figured into the equation? I would guess it helped them. I mean, I would I would think it helped. Just my you know my sense the the high school recruits, the wide receiver recruits. You know, I, I went and read some of the stories in their hometown papers after they signed with Kentucky, and every one of them mentioned that, you know, they're bringing in an assistant from the NFL that, you know, seemed captivated by just, you know, the idea. And I would think that also would, would hold true for Wandale. Yeah. He's also a guy that I know Nebraska, they used him, you know, he, he wide receiver, but he ran the ball a lot at Nebraska well, or, uh, as well, or at least more times than your uh, average wide receiver just on a jet sweep here or there. Well, from what I've heard, and again, this would be secondhand information because I've not talked to Wandell or any of his people, but I heard that they were a little unhappy with, you know, that they, they were, I don't know that they wanted to be used quite that much yeah. as a running back. Yeah. And, you know, and the one thing, Kentucky, you know, they need him as a receiver. They've got right. good running backs. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I watched them, uh, Nebraska's last game. Did they play Rutgers in their last game? I can't remember who they played, uh, but it was on. And I was surprised at how many times they lined him up in the backfield and ran him and then looked at his stats, and he did, you know, run the ball far more than you would think a wide receiver uh, would run the ball. Yeah, and I can understand understand if you're – Wondell's not the biggest guy that you, you know, not want to take that pounding uh, all the time. But I I expect Liam Cohen to find some uh, creative ways to get him the ball. you know, they, they've got some other guys who I think could develop into playmakers, but I think uh, getting Wandale is definitely, uh, definitely big. Uh, anything, anything else about the football news that we missed this week, or was that pretty much it? Well, I think the interesting question, not that it's news, is, is the quarterback situation. And right. it was kind of fascinating that Nick Scalzo was in the transfer portal and then came back and UK took him back. I thought that was interesting. You know, I think, you know, a lot of this, you know, that they, you know, you, you, with Darian Kennard and Luke Fortner coming back, you're at it with Josh Ali coming back, right. you know, with Justin Rigg coming back, you're, you know, you've got good running backs, you know, you've, you've got Keaton Upshaw, another, along with Rigg, a, a good tight end, you're adding Wandale Robinson, you should have a lot of the pieces in place to make a pretty significant offensive improvement if you get good quarterback play. Right. Right. So it's going to be very interesting when we get around to uh, spring practice uh, to see what happens. Uh, it's always interesting when you have a new offensive coordinator, but you're bringing in Wandale and uh, you've got the other players coming back. It'll be very interesting to see how that all meshes together. And we'll be covering that. We'll be covering Kentucky uh, basketball as they try to turn this thing around. Well, we thought it was turned around and we found out differently this week uh, uh, leading up to the game uh, on Wednesday against Georgia. Uh, Mark, you got anything else coming up people we should look for? Uh, I'm counting the votes for the Kentucky sports figure of the year as we right. speak. And, uh, I believe we're revealing that the uh, last week of this month. So, uh, people right. can 
stay tuned on that. Yeah, definitely look for that. Uh, definitely look for that. Uh, that's uh, Mark is uh, the voting was this week. You're tabulating the votes, so, so be sure and look for that uh, coming up at the, around the end of the month. Uh, follow Mark on Twitter, Mark C. Story. Read him in the print edition of the Herald Leader and online at Kentucky.com. Mark, thanks again for being on the podcast. And good luck to you and the Browns, John. <laughs> we'll need it against the. We're just happy to get this far. You know, that's the thing I'm sure is with your Dodgers. You're happy to get there, but then once you get there, you want to win. <laughs> so, yeah, the Dodgers were past the happy to get there yes, point. Yeah, long past that. So anyway, so uh, well, thanks for uh, we appreciate it. We'll take any luck we can get. So thanks again, Mark. We'll be talking to you again soon. John, what uh, it, it seemed to me, you guys really fought and competed. What what did you think about that aspect of it? They 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 all the tough plays and tough rebounds we needed to make. Um, I just took guys out today. If you get beat to balls, you're out. Let somebody else play. And it's not mean screaming, yelling. I just didn't. You 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 got beat to two balls, man. Well, it's rough. What you? You got to go. Now, we defended the way you defend to win games. And we we had, we had missed every – no one wanted to shoot. They passed up until I'm yelling to dudes, shoot the ball. That's what it got down to. And we missed wide open shots. We had our chances. We, we're just – you know what? We're close. Um, but – you could say, watch, you could spread the offense out, and if they miss every shot, you can get it more post up. But if they, we miss every shot, we just I'm, – I'm disappointed in, in, you know, what we did. We came out of a couple timeouts and, 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 you know, didn't do what we were trying to do. But, you know, it's – we let one slip away on the road. Thought we had him. We should have been up big at half. Can't believe we weren't. And how we came in and guarded the things we did, um, we gave up two threes that were critical. Guys just didn't leave their feet. We were running through guys. We didn't. Why didn't you run through? I forgot. Can't be there. And here's the other one. We don't need any more of my faults. That's my fault. No, no. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not going to have that much gap between anybody we play from here on in. So. John Hale, you're next. Cal, generally you've had so much success getting your teams to peak in time for the tournament. How do you have to change? I can't hear you, John Hill. No. Can you hear me now? Barely. Speak louder. Cal, generally you have a lot of success getting your times to peak in time for March for the tournament. How do you have to change the progression with the worry that you might not even be there? What do you think? um, Well, we still have our chances. I mean, you can go on a run and we'll be fine. But it's not, you know, the the Alabama game, again, I come back to, I probably should have said, we're mushing these dudes. We're not waiting until they shoot to leave our feet. That that I'll put on me. But the rest of the season, we've guarded. But you, if we're skilled basketball players, again, we could have made easy plays and we didn't. We made the hardest play and those were our turnovers. In a game like this, three baskets breaks the game open. But you had that guy, but you tried to throw to that guy. And, again, we're still 
not quite there yet. Um, the toughness on drives. Um, I'll give you this. We said we're going straight up. We're not trying to block any of these drives. We had three guys go like that. One guy went, why did you do that? And they get that six points. And they missed a bunch of them when we just went straight up. And so that kind of stuff is what gets frustrating for coaches. But you know what? Now it is, like I just said to the staff, we got to figure out what's next and how we get this thing on offense to another, you know, like I wish we had taken 35 threes because we'd have made about three. We're a different kind of team. And inside out threes and how we play, um, you know, we're, it's, we're built different, but when you're trying to throw it to the post and that guy's not catching it or not, you know, that became tough. I, I thought that Olivier in this kind of game, he start he's got to start dominating games. And I'm telling you, instead of worrying about offense, just go rebound, just go play with leverage, just, and, and then the rest of that stuff happens. Can't quite convince any of these guys. I told BJ the same thing. Drive to get fouled. Just drive to get fouled. Instead of flipping and avoiding, okay, okay, okay. And we still do it. Uh, but like I said, there were ports of the game that I was proud of these guys, and there are other points of the game I'm like, what in the world are we doing? Kyle Tucker, we'll come to you next. Cal, you've, you've played a few different looks with the three big guys. And, you know, today, even with the, the size advantage, you get out rebounded. They have a ton of offensive rebounds. Is there is there much value if you don't win the win that battle inside with the three big guys? And also uh, just wondering wh well, why why so few minutes for Dante in the second half? Well, I don't you know, at the end of the day, we were running stuff for Dante and he wouldn't shoot the ball. And that's why I took him out the one time. He, we ran two things for him, and he had shots, and he wouldn't take them. And I'm like, look, you're in there to make shots. So that was one thing. But uh, Dante wasn't the issue. And let me say this. When you defend how we're defending, you got to figure out now, how do we space this court? How do we play offensively? How do we get them to make easy plays, extra passes, the low turnovers that we had with Florida – and that's who we have to be. This other team, we're not gonna, we're not good enough playing this way. A lot of it was, I'm getting mine. Okay, you didn't get yours and we didn't get ours. And so, you know, I'm just telling some guys, like Lance, drive that ball to find somebody. And he finds Dante in the corner, bang. Um, but, you know, again, um, you know, trying to figure this out, trying to get guys. I just – they were going – they went right at a couple guys. They weren't even ball screens. They threw it to their man, and they went on a straight drive. That's why I tried to go zone, and then we had a guy break down in the zone. You, like, you can't break down if we're doing this. You went to the wrong place, and they got a three. Why did you do it? Uh, my fault. That's where we are with some of this. But you could see I'm frustrated, but – we are here. We still have our chances. Not giving up on anybody. Try to figure it out. Um, the toughness this team needs to play with. If we don't like first half, they had 10 or 12 offensive rebounds. What? 
what? And you look, they were right on you and they were right on you and you, and you got balls jerked from your hand. You didn't block out. You got them taking it from over top of your head. That's just, that's, you, you can't do that. You, as a player, you got to take pride and say that ain't happening to me. And we should be a better offensive rebounding team. It got rough and we weren't able to battle back. Michael Bennett, we'll come to you next. Uh, Cal, you go into halftime with a lead, and uh, Jacob Toppin and uh, uh, Al, uh, Al, Dante Allen are your leading scorers, and Dante's your leading rebounder. Why uh, Why did you not start them at the second half, and they don't get in until six minutes is passed in the half? Well, you know, one of the things we talked about, do we do – we ch- Lance, too. How about throwing Lance in there? And what you're trying to do is I'm not trying to – I want to win every game we coach, but the other side of it is I'm not trying to take anybody's heart away. So you can sub them when, you know, three, four minutes in and go. We didn't start to half that badly. So that wasn't the case. It isn't like, you know, you're just subbing quarterbacks. He played a bad quarter, so I'm going to play this other quarterback. You don't coach that way. What you do is you sub them in, you know, you go out the other way and – and again, Dante got great looks in the second half, got great looks, got fouled, but they were going at him defensively. In other words, wherever, whoever he was guarding, they were going. They did the same thing to BJ, which is why I took those guys out and went with Jacob and um, the other guys. But let me, let me just tell you, we, we had a lot of breakdowns and, you know, could have, could have changed lineups, could have, should have, would have. At the end of the day, we got out toughed. That's what happened. All right, Larry Bott finishes off with Coach. John, do you get to a point where you just have to accept this is just not going to be a good offensive team? Or do you see things on a daily basis we don't see in games about this team offensively? Well, I'm not – you, Larry, you know me well enough. I'll never stop tweaking and trying and try to figure something out that clicks in their minds. But – in all this, they got to feel this, that we got to make extra passes. we got to play for each other. Larry, here's what it is. If there's not space, we're not good enough to just go run by people. So you can open up the court all you want. The guy can't get by somebody to make that basket. That's not who we are. But if we create space, if we create assist, if we, we should be averaging 18 assists on our baskets, maybe more. We're not. You're not, I I don't know what we had today, but it was the same thing. Everybody trying to score versus let's create shots for each other. We keep showing them on tape. At some point it's going to click. You know, we just, we're, we're, we're one of those teams that's trying to figure it out. You, You can't just ride one or two guys. And I'll be honest with you. It may be game to game. Okay. Then it's game to game. You know, who's getting more looks, who's making more shots. You think about it. We we missed, you know, they were critical too, critical. But I'm telling you, what I like about Lance, he'll fight. He fought. And and so you put him in there. Our guard play was just okay, just okay. Uh, defensively, the game plan, the kid, uh, the you know, what we did with their point, uh, Sharif, probably will be the game plan other teams will watch. But offensive rebounds, that's – what does that have to do with our offense? Offensive rebounds, that's what they got. 
And that's how the game was even close. And then open shots, not making them. You don't have to make them all. You just can't miss every single one. You've got to make some. But like I said, I'm, I'm a little bit, normally I'm not frustrated and it's not Auburn or anybody like that. They played well enough to win. They did what they had to do. We gave ourselves a chance at the end. The tie-up with Keon, I can't wait to watch it on tape to see if that was a foul because that basically ended the game. It may have been a foul. may not have been. I don't know. But I want to see it on tape to see what it looked like. And, uh, you know, so we fought and gave ourselves a chance. But during the game, the mano-mano stuff we didn't make. So, all right, folks, see you. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks, as always, to Mark Story. Remember, follow Mark on Twitter at Mark C. Story. Check out all of his columns on Kentucky.com, including his column after Kentucky's loss today to Auburn. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Drop me an email, jclay at herald-leader.com. Thanks to everybody who supports our work at Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald Leader. You can get a sports-only digital subscription to Kentucky.com, $30 for the first year all of our uk football basketball recruiting all our columns all our high school coverage thirty dollars for the first year go to kentucky.com hit on the subscription button and check out all of our subscription offers thanks to everybody who supports the podcast everybody who gives us a rating and review on the podcast we really appreciate that because it helps people find this podcast you can find the podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher tuned in google google podcasts and iHeartRadio. We have some more podcasts, of course, coming up this week as Kentucky plays Georgia on Wednesday. Uh, So look for those as well. Thanks again for listening. We'll be talking to you again soon.